Genesis 24. We'll get out of it. Hopefully today. It's 10.08. Jerry, don't ring the bell. <laughs> no, no, I said if, if Jerry, don't ring the bell. But then Marianne's back there with it. So it's, it's always good to have a, a backup. Testing, one, two, three, two, two, testing, testing, testing. Man, it's good to come up here every now and then. I probably got all kinds of junk in here that I don't know about. I went in yesterday. I bought a, uh, a chair from uh, a guy. He's a Nazarene. And he was telling me all the stuff they do. And I'm like, man, uh, if you want to fill a church up, I know exactly how to do it. You just don't tell them anything. And you'll do it, man. They'll come. Uh, just let everybody do what they want to do. And, and it's, uh, it's not that you can't do what you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do. Uh, the problem is, is, is that what Jesus would have you do? Uh, Genesis chapter 24. Let me get, we're at the very end of this thing somewhere. Yep, yep, here we are. Verse 62. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for letting us come to church. What a blessing it is to just have a church that we can come to and, Lord, have a Lord that we can call upon. I do pray now that you'd bless the morning. Uh, Sunday school lesson and all the other people out there and everybody on their way to church this morning, should bless them. I go, Lord, just get us, uh, give us what you'd want us to have out of your precious word, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could keep praying for my mom, she's, uh, she's got some serious issues going on. We, uh, I, we're going to go back down there probably this week. She, her mind is uh, 90 years old. Uh, she just, she's so locked into her little house that if you get her out of there, she just loses it. She Fear of everything. She's afraid of catching COVID. She's afraid of, of everything. I mean, it's, if it's not COVID, it's something else. Uh, and yet she'll get in a car, can't see out of one eye, blind in one eye, can't see out of the other, and she'll drive down the road in her car. And if you've seen her car, I got it in the shop right now getting it fixed. Uh, it's got holes all over it. I mean, it's a 2010 Aveo. The thing is no bigger than, than uh, that sign back there. I mean, it's a little video car. Uh, she's got, I mean, literal holes in it where uh, she goes, everybody's been hitting her. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. Uh, the front's all, the front's all uh, scarred up and dented and pieces are missing and parts are gone, so I'm going to fix it. She'll never drive it again, I don't think. Uh, I'm just doing it trying to encourage her to give her a reason to get out of the hospital. Uh, but y'all keep her in prayer. This, uh, it's a, a tra- and my brother's a, a wacko crazy nut, too. Uh, and he's, he's, tell you what, being alone, you know why you need to come to church? I'll tell you why you need to come to church. Get around other people. Amen. If nothing else, get around other people and so you can see how much of a moron I am, and you are. And you'll go, oh, I need to change that. Or uh, how much of a person, how, what my faults are. But when you get all by yourself, and you get in a little house and coop yourself up all by yourself, you start thinking some of the weirdest things. And then pretty soon, everybody else is the enemy and that's the way my brother is. Everybody's his enemy. He called me everything but human the other day. And I'm like, what? And he goes, don't preach at me. You're, he said, you've run everybody off of your church. I'm like, I did? I said, man, that's a strange. I got a call the other day from a, a big preacher, and he thought that y'all already kicked me out. Uh, he, said, he said, I was gone. I wasn't pastor anymore. I said, man, that's news to me. Now my brother, who's never been in my church, I don't think, uh, in, in this church, and, and he said uh, that I've run everybody off. I'm trying to think, who did I run off? Everybody. I said, everybody. And it just, he just went on and on. He called me, he, he kept calling me Silicon or uh, Teflon Mike. I'm like, 
Danny, I said, I've never had you ever call me names like that. I said, really, I've never had anybody call names like that. Teflon Mike, Teflon Mike, Teflon Mike, nothing sticks to you. Teflon Mike. I said, it shouldn't stick to me. I said, I don't really care about, I said, first of all, you have nothing I want, so why would I care? Uh, what was the amazing thing is I, read, I was reading my Bible. You should read your Bible every day, too. Go to church and read your Bible. You don't miss anything if you do that. I was reading my Bible, and David was getting, leaving uh, uh, Jerusalem, and uh, Absalom was coming in to take his place. And, and as he was going out, uh, Shimei was up on top of the mountain there cursing him. And uh, a couple of the guys said, hey, let's go up there and take that guy out. And David said, no, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe the Lord's allowing him to curse, and what he's saying is true, and and I deserve this, and, and maybe the Lord, if we go up there and do something, maybe the Lord ain't going to... Anyways, David tolerated it. That afternoon, my brother did that to me, and it was like the Lord saying, Are you, aren't you glad you read your Bible today? He goes, that's exactly... He goes, now, he goes, that's exactly what happened to me when Pilate was in front of me, and Herod was in front of me, and the Pharisees was in front of me. They were cursing, they were screaming, they were hollering, and everything against God, and I did nothing to them. He goes, what you'll find out in life, you know, sometimes you read your Bible and you read those stories and you don't think much about the story. I'm going to get to this. This, is, this has all to do with this. You don't think those stories really mean much to you until you go through something in life. And if you've read your Bible and you've got that thing stored in your head, what the Lord will do is say now, he says, if you want to rule with me and reign with me, you've got to suffer with me. And you can't understand your suffering unless you understand why you're suffering. He goes, don't you think that sometimes what you do, you know, being a Christian is one of the hardest things you'll ever do in life. I don't think there's anything harder. I, I think I could be a brain surgeon fast, or a physicist before I could be a, a good, solid Christian. That's just learning basic things and, and keep compounding those things until you get to a place out there where you confuse everybody. That's all the rest of that stuff is. Uh, but, but to be a Christian, it's a daily thing where you start. I started in 19, uh, 1980. I've been doing this for 43 years, and that's why my brother hates me. He hates me because I won't go out and get drunk. He hates me because I won't tolerate uh, sin. And I, he, he doesn't like the conversation I have because it's not like his. And he said, you've always belittled me. I don't really mean to belittle anybody. If I ever belittled you, I don't really mean to. But I'm not going to change to come down to somebody else's level uh, because they want to stay down there in the, in, the, in the muck and the mire and everything else. Fine. I told him, I said, you couldn't, but, but that's people in general. I, I told him, I said, brother, I said, I can't, I've left that 43 years ago. Oh, so now you're saying that I'm no good. I said, bro, I never said that. You were over here, I was over here. I'm telling you young people what you're going to do. If you're going to walk this walk, it's going to cost you. But the payout in eternity is far beyond it. Verse 62, 24, 62. I'm telling you, it's just great. Uh, I, I, I walked away with a smile. My, my, my wife, Beth, was about ready to kill him. Uh, I mean, she, she was ticked off. I mean, she just, after she heard what he, the way he was talking, uh, saved 40, he's been saved 40, 39 years. He got saved four years after I did. And uh, you would not be able to tell he's a Christian at all. After 39 years, you would think there would be some, something there about a Christian. 62, 24, 62. And Isaac came from the way of the well uh, Leoroia, uh, for he dwelt in the south country, and Isaac went out to, to meditate in the field at evening tide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah uh, lifted uh, up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant, uh, and the servant uh, had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. 
And the servant told Isaac all the things that he'd done. And Isaac brought her into his mother's tent and took uh, Rebekah, and, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after her mother's death. Now, we, uh, we're getting ready to finish this chapter, but this is one of your greatest chapters, I think, in the Bible. All of them are great. Every one of them is great. I like them all. Uh, but as far as the storyline goes, uh, people say, well, the Old Testament's the Old Testament. You just read in this Bible, you just read everything about New Testament salvation. You read the operation of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost in a, in a, in a, a Gentile's life. You read how uh, the, the Holy Spirit works in our lives as we move along and guides and directs you and will get you home safely. You don't ever have to worry about getting home. You're going to go home. If you're saved here today, I told my brother the other day, I said, Danny, you can't tell me if I'm, and he was quoting all kinds of millennial passages. I'm like, Danny, I said, that's a millennial passage. Danny, that's, oh, you think you know everything. I said, no, I said, I have a lot of men. That's your problem. You, you, you've been studying too much and thinking too much. I'm like, I mean, you don't even know how to, sometimes ignorance, you don't even know how to answer ignorant when people are that ignorant. Uh, I'm like, don't you understand? There's no possible way if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross at Calvary and putting Paul and Peter, James, John, all them guys out there and, and Barnabas and, and every single one of them, if he hadn't put them all out there, Aquila and Priscilla and all of them, we wouldn't be here today. And we learned by reading our Bible. Well, he said, I like the Ethiopian eunuch. Ethiopian eunuch is always a good guy for me. I love him. Because uh, here's Philip running. <laughs> I can see Philip running, man. It's, it's a... Uh, I, here's, in my mind, I'm, I'm probably all wrong, but here's the chariot just flying down through there doing, uh, you know, mock chariot speed, whatever that is. At least, you know, 10 miles an hour, or maybe just cruising along because it's a bumpy road. But Philip has to be running next to him. He's probably levitating right next to that thing. The Holy Spirit's probably got him there. And, and uh, he's reading Isaiah 53, and Philip says, you know, it's what thou readest. And he goes, how can I unless some man show me? There's nothing wrong with somebody showing you something. The problem is, is are we going to be so pride-filled that we're not going to accept what they said? Well, then you have to match that thing to the book that you have in your hand. Did what they just say match that book? If it did, then change your life. Uh, Isaac, Isaac comes from the way. He's looking for his bride. He's out there meditating, probably thinking one of these days. You know, I bet your Lord's in heaven right now thinking, I'm going to go get him soon. I'm going to go get him soon. I'm going to go get him soon. And soon, I'm going to go get him. And when I go get him, I'm going to head south. And he comes from his north, northern home uh, down south, and he's going to come down here, but he's not going to come all the way south. He's going to stop. And he's going to pick us up, and he's going to take us back. That's the rapture. Now, if you can't get that, well, the word rapture ain't about because you're an idiot. Not y'all. Not y'all. That's somebody. They want to fight with you. The pictures are all there. The Lord shows you everything in the Bible. He doesn't, if, if your book is only, man, I got my Bible back too. How about that? Look at that. The other day, Beth drove off, my wife, the wife that the Lord gave me, with my Bible and my, uh, this on top of her car. We won't say how it got there, but it is her fault. She's... When, you know, when you, you ask Tim, when you fly a plane, the first thing you do is you always walk around the plane and make sure there's nothing laying around the plane or on the plane. My wife didn't do that. So it's her fault my Bible got thrown off her car. I watched the guys in the hospital. I watched the helicopter land on top of the hospital. We were up a little bit higher, and the helicopter land over there. And, and when everything shut down, before they took off, they were around looking, making sure there was nothing in the way. And so my wife should have done that. But anyways, my next-door neighbor, I lost my Bible. And uh, <laughs> I'm down in Kentucky, and I went to get my Bible, and I knew it was gone. And I'm like, ah, 
said, man, I left it up on top of that roof and Beth drove off with it. And I said, it's, it's probably right down the road. So I called Esther and I said, Esther, walk down the street. And she said, uh, I said, look, I'll give you 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. <laughs> if you find my Bible. But she didn't find my Bible. So uh, yesterday, it was yesterday, I think yeah, it was yesterday, the next door neighbor actually seen this big black book laying out in her yard and, and she went and got it. And she started looking at it. And she goes, I knew it was yours. Uh, and Beth goes, how'd you know that? She goes, because you're the only one around here with a Bible that big. Uh, I mean, it's, it had to be yours. The Bible people right there, it had to be you guys, man. And I'm like, that was a blessing, but I got my Bible back. I, I told the Lord, I said, I was mad at first. I was upset. And I have three more just like this at the house of the brand new ones. Uh, but I got a few things written in there just for me that is just there. They're not a lot, but it's enough that I, I didn't want to lose it. And uh, when she brought that back over there, I was like, thank you, Lord. I mean, you just, he takes care of you, whether you believe it or not, on small little things, little teeny weeny things. But he comes down from the south. He comes from the north to the south and stops. And the Holy Spirit delivers, or in this case, Eliezer delivers his bride to him with some other people. But I'm telling you what, it's, it's all there. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says this, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that's uh, those that are already dead, uh, that ye, ye sorrow not. So death, death is not something you should be sorrowful about. Even as others which have no hope, we have hope. Uh, I had a guy call me, he wants to start the Bible Institute, and I said, sure, man, I'll I, I work with you on that. And uh, he, we were sitting there talking last night, and he goes, uh, he goes this, I said, well, you're supposed to always be ready to have an answer for the hope that's within you. And if you don't have an answer for the hope that's within you, you need to get that answer. First of all, you need to make sure you, you are saved. And if you're saved, you should make sure that you, because you never know who's going to come up and ask you something at any given time. Uh, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even though them which, are, which sleep uh, in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent uh, them which are asleep. For the, the Lord himself shall descend like Isaac, uh, from heaven in the sides of the north, come down, uh, and, shall, and the Lord shall not prevent them which sleep, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to be in the clouds. So here comes Rebecca on a camel. I don't think the Lord is going to send camels to get us, but he sent chariots to get Isaac, uh, uh, Elijah. I mean, it's hard telling exactly how we're going to... I mean, you're just going to go, man. You're gone. Uh, I'm waiting for that day. I think this world is about half crazy. Uh, I, I can't see it. I mean, it is getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And the little bitty steps they're doing to take away the freedoms of the world, not just Americans. We forget all about Americans. It's not all about America. But they're trying to lock us into where it gets you afraid of everything. I still see people uh, with masks, driving down the road with masks on their face. I mean, you could do whatever, but... But you never seen that before COVID. And there's tuberculosis. There's all kinds of diseases out there that's a communicable that you can get from somebody else. And you've never seen anybody with mask on. All of a sudden now, everybody has to have a mask. And it's not just have a mask. You've got to have a mask on. Who, who cares if it doesn't do it? But it just makes the other person feel good. Well, I'm not about making somebody feel good at my expense, unless I have to. So, uh, but it's, it's strange that they're, they're pushing this thing. And then, then your children. Man, I tell you what, I'd, I'd put the United States, I would build military bases around every school. You want to protect the kids? 
Just put all the schools on a, on a military basis. Put a military base in every city. Put every school in that, in that military base. You'll have all the people around that thing to guard that thing. Your kids will get in and out of school safely. Biden says he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to protect your kids. He doesn't want to harden schools, whatever that is. That's like shut all the doors and lock them. No, no. He wants make it a gun-free zone, and so the wacko nuts. Nobody who, it, it's, not the, it's not the law-abiding citizens that's usually ever the problem. It's the people that break the law. That's the problem. And you can't get them. Most police officers never have a problem. They can read. I, I remember I was in uh, Israel, and you're talking about a police force. Them, them guys are, well, this was a lady. Woo. I mean, the ladies over there are, I mean, they're beautiful young ladies with Uzis on the back. Of the, I mean, you're afraid to say anything, nice, bad, anything. You don't know what to say. So uh, we go over to Israel, and I take my girls over there with me, and Elizabeth's there, and, and uh, I think she was, they all had, they all had these honey jars, or jars of, what was that? The liquid, so whatever it was. Anyway, so they, they stick some of that in my bag, and they stick, so now we're going to go through the airport in Israel to get on a plane to fly out, and you talking about scrutinizing everything, next thing I know, they got all four of these bags over there. And they look at me, and this lady is sitting there, and I mean, she's a young lady with a gun on her. I mean, she shoots you all over the place in the airport. They wouldn't care. They don't. I mean, they just drag them out. And uh, she goes, "Are these your bags?" I'm like, "Here I go, man, to Israeli jail." I said, "Yes, they are, ma'am." She goes, "What is it?" I said, "Look, I have no idea what's in those bags." I said, "My girls are over here with me, and they packed them. They were on the table." She just starts laughing. Says, "Get on the plane." <laughs> You know what she did? Right then and there, she, she looked at the situation. She assessed what was going on. She knew that I was not a threat. She knew that I was a dad and my girls were using me. And that's how they got over there using me. And now they're going back home using me. And she laughed about that and said, okay, you're safe. That's what you need. You need people who can look at this stuff, not just follow a regiment of things and say, Dan, that's religion, by the way. That, back to the, that's religion. Religion is just something that you, you go, well, I don't do this. Uh, what's, what I hate about churches, a lot of churches, is people go to church on Sunday morning and act one way, they'll go home and act another. I, don't, I try to act the same way the whole time. Uh, I really do. Uh, this is how I act 24-7. I don't, I don't know. I haven't got time to figure out how to act two different ways. Uh, I mean, it's, it, you, you kill yourself doing that, and people then... It's confusing enough to try to be one way. That's what gets them most of the time. So, but the rapture is going to happen. We're going to get out of here. Uh, the world is getting crazier. The laws are getting more stringent in our world. And, but it's the same thing that happened to Jesus in his day. You think, we're, we're not, we haven't lost any rights. They didn't have them back there. They were under Roman rule. Uh, we are so duped into thinking that we deserve everything we have and our rights and everything else. But as a Christian, there's standards that we live by, which is this book, which has nothing to do with this planet on any... It doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're in Ukraine or America or Romania or Africa. It doesn't matter. you got a standard here. And he's teaching, the Holy Spirit is teaching stuff. Verse 64, back in Genesis. Rebecca lifts up her eyes. So I believe when the rapture happens, you're going... Uh, in Norfolk, I was in a church, and, and uh, Brother Gibson used to make us do rapture drills all the time, which I think if anybody walked in, they probably thought we was wacko nuts, and they'd left. We didn't have very many visitors, <laughs> anyways. But uh, it, all of a sudden, in the middle of a sermon, he goes, Rapture drill! Everybody's supposed to stand up like this. Like, I don't think you're going to get opportunity to do that unless he's, he's pre-programmed your brain that when, that when you hear that trumpet, your arms do this. 
I don't I think you're going to be more like Superman, just like this, man. You're going to just up through the ceilings and everything else. And uh, they said, you know, you're going to have blood and pews and all. You're going to leave everything, all the earthly stuff down here. Well, probably when you hit the ceiling, uh, the body's going to just fall back down. And you're going to shoot on up. I have no idea what's going to happen there, how that does go. I just know I'm going to go, and he's going to be waiting for me. Uh, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord uh, into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Uh, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The Holy Spirit is going to get you home. Brother, that's where trust comes in. You're reading a, a chapter in the Old Testament, and what I like about Rebecca is she got on a camel and just went after uh, Eliezer, and she just went. And the servant's name is never mentioned here. Any church that teaches about the Holy Spirit, 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 there's something wrong with that church. Because what they're doing is they're lifting up something... Jesus Christ, it says that every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus Christ. Not the Holy Spirit, not God the Father, at, the, at Jesus Christ. So what, what the Lord has given us here is a book that helps us to distinguish the right churches to be in and, and how to pick something out. I was, I was telling that brother last night, I said, man, I, I said, you got to watch. He was doing something I wasn't uh, too keen on, and I told him, and he, he understood what I was saying. And I said, brother, I was in a church one time, and a woman was preaching, and she was shucking the corn, man. I mean, she was just right, I'm like, I, at that time, I think I had a King James Bible, and she was right on target with everything, man. I was like, I couldn't find fault with anything she said, but the Holy Spirit, I didn't, I didn't even really know this at the moment, but the thought in my mind was, a woman should not absurd authority in a house, over a man, over a man in the house of God. A woman should, you know, what's wrong with that? And I had to look at that thing, I said, but everything she said is right, yeah, good, but what's wrong with that? I said, well, she's not doing that. Because she's doing what she wants to do. She doesn't care what God wants. She wants. So you hear all these ladies on TV preaching. They're wrong. They're wrong. Now you get mad at me, that's fine. But they're wrong. God has a way to do it. I believe a Jew is first. And I, then, then the Gentile falls in second. Once we get saved, I still think God's coming back for the Jew. We're never going to replace them, guys. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with a Jew. I, I'm personally... Personally, I think the reason Russia is losing their hide is because Zelensky is a Jew. Now, a lot of people don't realize that, and they probably never equate that. The president of the Ukraine is a Jew. And what Russia just did is went against the Jew. One or 10,000 don't matter. You start messing with God's people, and he's going to mess with you. Now, now uh, Putin has cancer. As they said, it's inoperable, I guess. He's going to die. That's what I'm hearing, the best I can hear. I don't know. You mess with a Jew, and you're going to... So you know what I learned? Even as a Christian, you don't mess with a Jew, man. Uh, you, yes, sir, no, sir. Can I help you, please? <laughs> you over to Israel, they'll take your money. Just let them have it, man. Just give them your wallet, everything. You're done. The Lord will bless you. I'll bless them that bless thee, and I'll curse them that curse thee. I just take my book as, as what it says. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes when she saw Isaac, verse 64. And she lighted off her camel. For she had said unto the servant, she asked the Holy Spirit, you should never, ever be confused about the Holy Spirit, about Jesus Christ. People follow, uh, they followed, uh, what's the Kool-Aid guy's name? Who? Jim Jones. Yeah, Charles Manson. Uh, all these other wacko nuts out there. And there's other, pre really your Bible, if, if the Holy Spirit is who he says he is, 
Uh, he's not a respecter of any person. And it says, And the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom I will send in my name, he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. So I've got a Bible sitting here, and there is no way I should be able, ever confused when it comes to Jesus Christ. I should not be confused. Uh, I, at, at a lower level, somebody else may be at a, a higher level in learning and knowledge and I and understanding and wisdom and all that other stuff. I got that. But at every level, the words of Christ should mean something to me. And, and I should be able to distinguish that. Man, I walked into a, a, a apostolic church one time, and I thought I was walking in the devil's den, man. I mean, it's, the outside looks great. The one up here on Woodman. Uh, the outside, Harshman. I mean, it looks great. But you walk in that thing, and there's such a spirit inside there of uh, it's just like demons are just, just dripping off the ceilings. You can't see them, but, I mean, it's just a, a gut feeling. And, and uh, oh, it's, it's just, it was a yard sale. And some of the stuff they were selling in there, I wouldn't have thrown away. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to touch it. I'd have to ask them to come over and get it so they could throw it away. I, I mean, it's some wicked stuff. But you sit there and look at that stuff, and it's like, how in the world could you ever get to this place? Well, the Bible says in apostolic church, there are no more apostles. So you can't be an apostle today. I'm sorry, nobody can be. Uh, guys can't be an apostle, and yet they're going to have their apostles. So Rebecca, lift up her eyes. You've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. You're reading down through a storyline here, and you, you might say, well, why are you taking so long? Because you need to understand this is your life. You are Rebecca. That, in this storyline, you're Rebecca. And until the Holy Spirit and the Lord takes you out of here, until he comes back and gets us, or you die and hit the ground and they put you in a casket, you have got to live this life. And I'm telling you, Rebecca lived her life the best she could until the Spirit of God entered her life. The moment the Spirit of God entered her life, in this case, Eliezer, she started following him. When you're lost, you're lost. You don't know. But you do the best you can. God will send the Holy Spirit into your life, and he'll introduce Jesus Christ to your life. And she, the Holy Spirit never introduced himself. He was talking about his, his master, his master, his master. You know what he, the Holy Spirit's always done to me? Is my master, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Okay, verse 65. For Rebekah had said to the servant, What man is this that, meeteth, uh, that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, it is my master. Therefore, she took a veil and covered herself. Uh, we could go into that, but I'm not going to do that, so we'll just stop right there. Verse 66, and, and the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. Uh, I'm telling you what, I, I think really the, when you look at the, the last 2,000 years of church age history, you're going to find uh, there is some stuff uh, that the Holy Spirit is going to, and the Lord already knows all the stuff. But he's going to now, I think, get an opportunity to say what's going on. By this story, if this is a piece of that story, uh, the servant is going to start telling uh, Isaac, in this case, I believe the Holy Spirit and the Father, Son, are going to start communing and, uh, and discuss what has happened over the last 2,000 years. Uh, and it's all because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Me and uh, we was talking Thursday night in the class, and some questions started coming up, and I thought they were good questions. I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, but it's just amazing when you stop and think about this, and there was a little facet, uh, Brother Joe brought up this question about uh, God causing evil, uh, but he didn't really cause the evil. The evil came through Satan. Satan was the one who did it. But I was going to mention something Thursday night that I didn't, so I'll mention it today so you'll get it and everybody else get it. God created, in the beginning, God and the, uh, was one, and the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost was one, and they split into threes. And as long as they were by themselves, there was no possibility of sin. Couldn't happen. Neither one, of them, not, either one of them could not sin. However, the Lord knew that the moment he made anything, created in creation starting, that that creation could sin. 
if he gave you a free will. Now, he pre-programmed all the dogs and cats and animals and all that other stuff to eat straw and everything else, so there was no problem there. But when he made man, or when he made all the angels, he gave them the ability to have a free will to make a choice. He programmed them with all the facts, everything they knew. They knew exactly what right and wrong was. They were created perfect. And then Lucifer said over in Ezekiel that uh, he was perfect until iniquity was found in him. So he brought sin into the world. That was him. He brought sin into the universe or in, before the universe was. He brought sin into heaven. And so then when the Lord kicked him out, created the universe, the earth was in the middle of the universe out there somewhere, uh, and he made Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were perfect when the day they were created, but sin entered in there. That's evil. That's wicked. That's sin. God did not force that to happen, but he allowed it to take place. But in allowing that to take place, he also made a way for you to get out. And he said, I know that because I created this thing, that is there. But I'm going to create a way, which is Jesus Christ. I'm going to come and die on a cross. And, and 2,000 years ago, I'm going to die on a cross. And I'm going to shed my blood at Calvary, and I'm going to open that door. And although I allowed this to take place, I'm taking the blame. And he took the blame for us. And then he tells you that, hey, I took the blame for you, but you're up against this. You're up against a thing called sin, and you can't win. You can't win. There's no way you can win. Uh, you're, you're outnumbered. Uh, it's Satan to everybody else. You're outnumbered, and he's got all of his little minions with him. You're not going to win. However, comment, if you'll listen, I'll show you a way, and the way is me. There's nothing prideful about that. There's nothing arrogant about that. That's what it is. It's him, and he opens that door, and he, and he sits there and says, Whoever, who, whosoever will come, let him come, and he'll take you right in. But he did that. That's, I was going to mention that the other night, but I never got to that part. But uh, it just amazes me how God does what he does. And the three of them are going to sit up there and start talking about what they did. That thing that happened 2,000 years ago was pre-planned before the foundation of the world. Churches will take the word predestined. They'll get the word predestined. Oh, you were predestinated. That's one of the tulip things. Uh, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. You misunderstand predestined. I was never predestined. I have a free will. I was destined to hell with the possibility of going to heaven. Jesus Christ was predestined before the foundation of the world. That means way before he ever created heaven or earth, way before uh, anything, the angels and the devil, anybody was the throne, anything was created. They had a plan out there. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost decided what this plan was. And they laid that thing out and it, it, it lasted X amount of time and it ends. And once it ends out here, once it's over, it's done. And what we are, we're in the middle of that plan somewhere. What, what the Holy Spirit's getting back now, there, if, if everything says like it says, and I believe it's the, the, this is the storyline of the whole thing, he starts telling him what he did. John said, and I, I went across a couple of these a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to hit him again. Just, he convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's what the Holy Spirit said, Lord, I went down there. Uh, the Lord's getting ready to start. The tribulation is getting ready to start. The seven-year period, uh, I think some of it's already gone, but I still think there's a seven-year, six years, you know, four or five months left. And that he's getting ready to start that thing. And the Holy Spirit's going to say, look, I convinced them of, of sin. I convinced them of righteousness. Uh, anybody on that planet that wanted the truth, I convinced them of that. I, I hit them. I showed them, tried to show them that their sins were going to come before me. I saw my brother, and uh, I mean, it's just typical of, of most people. 
Uh, I said, Danny, one of these days, each and every one of us are going to stand before Jesus Christ. Said, well, I know I'll stand there, and I'll answer for my... I'm like, you're an idiot, man. I mean, if you... In my mind, if I want to be so pride and arrogant filled in my life that I want to stand before God and give an account, I don't want to give an account of nothing. I want to, I want to squeak by, you know, eek, come on in, go over there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's what I want. I, I don't know about you, but... Uh, there is no way you're going to get by him. The Holy Spirit, uh, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, uh, John 16, or 16, 7. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. You ought to thank God for that. The Lord knew that he had to die on that cross so that he could spend the, send the Holy Spirit back for you and me. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he comes, he will reprove the world's sin. There's nothing wrong, by the way, of, of you knowing that you're a sinner. There's nothing wrong. Uh, what's wrong is you holding on to that sin and not letting it go. A uh, sin will kill you. Believe me, I'll tell you, a sin will kill you. It'll kill me. It'll kill. Uh, it's, it's a struggle. It is a struggle. I've been doing this thing for 43 years, and I was uh, 22 before that, and I fought with it before that and didn't know what I was fighting with, and I'm still fighting with it. Sin will kill you. Uh, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll drag you down. Uh, the old preacher one time said, sin will take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. I've seen people get so engrossed in what they're doing that they don't even realize. The problem isn't us. The old flesh, the old man wants to do what it wants to do, but the world will put this stuff in front of you. Your job and your career should be doing nothing but supplying a need for you and your family and helping other people. Uh, you, you take Ruth and uh, Boaz. Boaz had fields out there. Uh, he helped everybody he could. Uh, David helped everybody he could uh, with all the wealth he got. And God kept dumping on him, but he did it to take care of other people and help other people. Uh, our wealth, right now, Bill Gates has got so much money that he thinks he can, he can change the world and make the world do what he thinks. He doesn't know what God thinks, so how in the world are you going to even correct anything? Uh, the, the purpose of God giving us stuff is to help other people. It is not for me to consume it on myself. Now, I don't mind having a new car, a new boat. I don't have a boat, man. I've been trying to tell Beth we need a boat. She thinks I need a hole in my head, too. So uh, <laughs> I don't understand that one. But uh, of sin, because they believe not on me. That's where sin comes in. You know, God, your sin, I'll, I'll hit this one real quick. Your sin isn't what God's looking at. He's looking at the heart. He can forgive. He forgave David. That, that always marveled me. David sit there and, and killed a man. And that's why God really got mad at him, because he killed Uriah the Hittite. Uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba, and God sent Nathan in there, and, and Nathan said, your sin's already been forgiven. Now, the, both of those crimes, David should have been stoned and Bathsheba stoned, and they should have been killed. But before Nathan walked in the door, the Lord had a conversation with Nathan and said, oh, by the way, I have forgiven David. He's going to have to pay for what he just did, but I've already forgiven him. He's forgiven now, you want a picture of, of salvation, eternal security? Uh, David have it. He's a man after God's own heart. God looked at the heart. God forgave him. God's willing to forgive. He knows your frame. He knows you're but dust. He understands what we are and who we're fighting against, and he's willing to let you. But it's an attitude, not a pride-filled attitude. Uh, of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you see me no more. That's, he's gone up. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Uh, John, John is sitting there, and he's telling the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and Jesus is talking, and he starts talking about the Bible. I mean, I, I, have a, I, I can't hardly really imagine the conversation going on between the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost at that level. Uh, but if I stop and think about 
what Jesus did at that cross. Peter denied him three times. Uh, Thomas said he didn't want to believe on him unless he'd seen him and he could put his finger in his side. Uh, the rest of them were probably all trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, so much so they all end up in a boat. Six of them end up in a boat. Seven of them end up in a boat out in the middle of uh, the bay out there fishing uh, while Jesus is on the shoreline talking to them. And they, but, but if I look at that, he took a group of men that you would never think would ever be successful. And though that group of men is what he used to bring the gospel to us. And I could just imagine the Holy Spirit sitting there talking to the Lord, Jesus Christ, saying, that was an amazing thing you did. <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, that was amazing. I mean, the way we did that, you did that, the Lord did that, but we did that. The way that happened and fell out is just amazing. I mean, that plan, I mean, the devil just stuck right up. If the devil could have even begun to figure this thing out, he would have found a way to stop it, but he couldn't. Every time, the Lord was so far ahead of the devil that it was... There was no possible way the devil could ever win. Uh, if you want a good uh, picture of that, go read Job chapter 41. Leviathan is the devil there, by the way. Uh, but uh, it's like the Lord playing with him. And it's, like, it's unbelievable. So you got Peter, James, John, and Paul. Paul wrote 14 New Testament books. I mean, here's a murderer. You, what, what have you done lately, anybody like that? Huh? I mean, <laughs> he's a murderer. He killed people, probably tortured them. Sit there and watch Stephen get killed, uh, consenting unto his death. Uh, blood splatting everywhere, thinking he's doing the same thing, gets knocked down on the road to Damascus, and the Lord starts talking to him. And Paul pretty much, you know, that thing is absolved. I mean, the Lord says, hey, now I'm going to show you what great things you're going to suffer for me. But, hey, Ananias, go over and talk to Paul. And Ananias goes over there and says, Lord, this, you know who that guy is, right? Yeah, that's Paul. That's Paul. Ananias, you know what that tells you? Ananias didn't know what the Lord knew. Sometimes you got to get in your mind that you maybe, just maybe, I can't be sure, you may not know what God's thinking when he tells you to do something. What you got to do is make sure it's God telling you to do it, then you do it. I, that's, that's the rule number one of my life. I don't do anything. If people say, why don't you do? I'm only going to do what the Lord tells me to do. That way, when something goes wrong, I can blame him. And that's why we started this church. It had nothing to do with anybody. It had to do with me and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and we started the church, and he told me what to do, and I said, fine, and I don't want to do it. That's, that's, you don't, ask him when you get there and see if I didn't do that. I said, I don't want to do it. You got the wrong guy. You need to get somebody else. It's a good idea, good idea, but the wrong guy. You know what I knew? I knew that he knew more than I knew. And if he says do it, I'm going to do it. And I told him. I said, there, I said but when it fails, I'm going to blame you. It's not going to be my fault. <laughs> and y'all won't go away. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> you scratch your head sometimes, and it's not that I'm trying to get rid of you. I'm really not. It's just the conversations you have with the Lord sometimes in life, it gets you down the road. And that was 17, 18 years ago. And what he showed me was, Mike, just do what I tell you to do. You don't necessarily have to agree with it. And you don't necessarily have to understand it. You just have to do it. Will you do it? I can go find somebody else. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to find somebody else. I want the fun of doing that. He used Peter, James, John, and Paul. That's what, I mean, I could just imagine a conversation. Dr. Robin, this is his notes here, so I stole them from him. And the Bible-believing monks. How about Patrick, uh, Columbia, Martin, uh, uh, Stepensic? All the way down through history. These are people just down through history. Lowell, Alvin, Carey, Livingston, Elliot. I like that one. There was a guy back here with the last name Elliot. Uh, he was in there. Brainerd, uh, Hudson Taylor, uh, Moffitt, 
Godford, I'm right on down the road. All these men went out as missionaries and they did work. Uh, back then they were very educated men. They did exactly what they were. I mean, the Holy Spirit says, look at all these different men you use, completely different backgrounds, everything. Uh, Norris, Hadman, uh, Vic, uh, Beecham Vic, Robertson, uh, Jonathan Edwards. I mean, you go right, uh, Henniger. Uh, these are some of the newer ones. Uh, you know, I know Dr. Ruckman is a, is, was a man of God. He didn't include his name in this list nowhere. He said, uh, the Bible believer reformers, Luther, Luther, Luther was, was right to a degree, but God used him. Uh, you got to think about that thing too, man. The Holy Spirit says, that's really amazing about that uh, Bible that you got back in the 12th century. He goes, you took the Latin Vulgate. It was in Latin. Anybody here speak Latin? Pig Latin? No, any Latin? So he, he took a Latin Vulgate in the 12th century, and uh, uh, Wycliffe, translated the Latin, uh, uh, you're talking about a corrupt version. It was so corrupt, you can't, I can't even tell you how corrupt it was. But he translated that thing over into English. And then from that English translation starts the path down the road of correction and doing everything else to get to the 1611 version of the King James Bible, which is, is perfect. And you said, and, and I, I'm just sitting there going, Lord, I said, you know, the common person would say, well, why didn't you just start with you got, a, you got something against the word of God? Get thee behind me, Satan. Here, I'll help you. <laughs> no, he's right. He's right. I got it one minute. Uh, Luther, Knox, uh, uh, Zwinglier, Zwinglier, Minnow, Simmons, uh, Stephen, and Paul. How about Bible-believing martyrs dying, giving their lives? Uh, I, could you imagine a conversation? I mean, if this is the way it went, uh, the servant starts telling him, he said, Isaac, he goes, man, I can't even tell you, man. I got to, I got down there, and I seen the sin of these people, and it's just a mess, but I, I, I pull up to the, the well, and I don't have no way of drawing water out of that well. I have nothing. I have nothing. But I'm like, Lord, if, if this is who you want, and you made my way prosperous, I want this, 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 this. Why do you think I asked for five things when we started this church? I mean, it's all through the Bible. I mean, you have not because you ask not, and when you ask, you ask amiss. If the Lord is in it, don't you think he wants you to succeed? Then why don't you just ask for, for what you need to succeed? I should have asked for 10 or 15 things instead of just five. I, I blew it. I'm going to get to heaven. He's going to chew me out. I already know that. That's one of the chew outs I'm going to get. He goes, ha, ha. He said, you know, if I own the cattle on a thousand hills the day you started over there in the garage thinking about you were going to do the church, he goes, and you only asked for five things, you should have asked for 25 or 30 of them. And you, had, you should have said, wait a minute, I'll come back here in a little bit. I'll have a list. But Isaac, I mean, Eliezer's saying, I'm telling you, man. I said, Isaac, you can't even believe it. I got to that well. And hey, lo and behold, here comes this girl out there with a bucket and pitcher and all that other stuff. And before I get the words out of my mouth asking the Lord what I want, she repeats exactly what I said, and then she does it. It isn't just saying, you know what's wrong with most people? I'll tell you right now. We talk, but we don't do. We talk, but we don't do. We, we got it here, and then we want to take this and put it on other people. But we don't want to do what we said. Your actions always speak louder than words. I'm getting into my morning message. I better shut up. Uh, so you got all your Bible believers back down through there. And he starts telling the Lord, uh, Isaac, exactly what happened. And he goes, uh, and then, then I had some opposition from her family. And you'll have opposition from your family, so you might as well get that. Uh, and they got opposition from the family. But the, the young lady wanted to serve Jesus Christ or, or serve Isaac. And she, wanted, she wanted the money pit is what she wanted. Uh, and no, she really, she was doing what God wanted her to do. And she came out and she followed Isaac, or the servant 
uh, perfectly, just like we should do. It, when people get saved, it should be, a, a, it's just an amazing thing when people get saved. Ah, it's 551. Hang on, I'll finish it right here. Verse 67, and Isaac brought her into her mother's tent, Sarah's tent, and took Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her, and Isaac was comforted after her mother's death. The Lord's going to take us back. If you go to that chapter 19, Revelation, uh, he's going to take us to heaven. There's going to be a marriage supper up there. Somehow we're going to get married. I have never figured that one out. Uh, I'll have to wait till I get there because I know he's always right, so that's going to be right too. Uh, we're his bride, and he's going to bring his bride back, and we're going to be comforted of all the things for some period of time. Over uh, in Revelation 21, it says all tears will be wiped away, but there's going to be a period there somewhere uh, where we're going to be comforted of all the things that went on, and, I, and the Lord is going to be comforted because that phase is over. And then all of a sudden, uh, all hell's going to break loose, and he's going, to, he's going to wipe this place out, and then he's going to wipe the planet out, and then we're going to live with him for all eternity, and we're going to be comforted. It says here he was comforted after his mother's death, but we're going to be comforted with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. What a storyline, Lord. Uh, uh, chapter 24 is just an amazing. Uh, Lord, you could, you could spend a lifetime in that chapter. Uh, Lord, but just thank you for letting us go through it. Thank you for the, the faithfulness that you've had over the years. Uh, and the Bible's still here today in our hands. And Father, bless the morning service. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.